0: Welcome to the August 6th edition of Liberation Station. This is your host, Chris Steiner, and we have in studio as co-host, again, the very erudite Dennis. How are you doing, Dennis? Hello. Great. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Dennis, and uh, you are very interested in the topic we uh, have to talk about as usual, which is the vaccination issue, the uh, issue of uh, the safety of vaccinations. What are some of the side effects, some of the additives, and uh, what are the long-term and short-term effects. And uh, we have two very mm-hmm. two very special guests with us tonight, Dr. Andrew Molden, medical doctor and PhD brain specialist. His websites are brainguardmd.com, therapiesforkids.com, therapiesforkids with the number 4 before the word kids, therapiesforadults.com with the number 4 brightstepsforward.org uh, with which he's affiliated and vactruth.com and uh Dr. Andrew Molden B.A., M.A., M.D., Ph.D., holds degrees in biological psychology, a bachelor's, child development, a master's, with thesis in de- development neuropsychology and language development in children. His Ph.D. is in clinical and experimental neurofi- neuropsychology with a subspecialty in cognitive neuroscience. His doctoral thesis was in neuroelectrophysiology and functional brain imaging. His Ph.D., Comprehensive exams were on acquired brain injuries and post-concussional syndrome. His clinical training has been in psychometric assessment of children, that's his MA, clinical neuropsychology, that's his PhD, neurology, an MD uh, in clerkships, and uh, psychiatry residency at Ottawa, Toronto. His MD was awarded in 2000 from a McMaster University, Canada. He was granted the licentiate of the Medical Council of Canada in 2006. He has received over 27 scholarships and awards for academic and research excellence in the brain and behavioral sciences. He has served as the resident editor and board member for the Ontario and Canadian Psychiatric Associations. He is a natural sciences, engineering and research council of Canada scholar and Ontario Mental Health Foundation scholar and Ontario graduate scholar. He is the developer of the BrainGuard non invasive neurovascular imaging protocol, enhanced measurement imaging, and diagnostic tools for neurologists and hematologists. He has taught enrichment courses on brain behavioral neurology, neuropsychiatry, neurophysiology, pardon me, that's neuropsychology brain imaging and neurodevelopment at the University of Ottawa, 1993 through 2005, and full courses in biological psychology at Atlantic Baptist University in Canada. His proof causation proven data is currently before the United States federal vaccine courts. All vaccines are causing immediate and delayed acute and chronic waxing and waning impairments to blood flow throughout the brain and body. This is causing us all to become chronically ill, sick, and causing brain damages along a continuum of clinically silent to death. This is causing ischemic strokes. In some respect, this is also quote-unquote aging. Since the damages are microscopic, we cannot see them as they occur. However, we can see the neurological aftermath of these damages within hours and days of vaccination, all vaccinations, according to Dr. Molden. He currently holds the prestigious position of research scientist for Bright Steps Forward, a 501c3 charity which raises funds for intensive pediatric therapy and hyperbaric oxygen for children who cannot afford the cutting-edge therapy that Dr. Molden sees as the beginning of the healing process. Dr. Molden is available for speaking engagements and seminars. And uh, we'll also welcome with us tonight uh, for the full two hours, we'll also have accompanying uh, Dr. Andrew Molden, Eileen de Oliveira. Eileen de Oliveira never thought she would be the administrator of a physical therapy facility for children, but then she never imagined she would have a son with cerebral palsy. Taking on life's challenges has brought Eileen to a point where she has also found a way to help others. To begin at the beginning, her new life mission her new mission in life started when she was expecting triplets born prematurely one child did not survive and another lucas developed cerebral palsy quote at 18 months lucas could not do what other children his age could do end quote she recalled and quote-unquote regular physical therapy did not seem to be making much of a difference in her son's progress quote i decided i had to do something end quote she said that something was to enroll Lucas in an alternative physical therapy program which provided intensive therapy four hours at a time for three weeks using special equipment developed in Poland. Quote, within three weeks, Lucas was walking independently, end quote. She decided her son would benefit from another round of intensive therapy, but when she called to make an appointment, she found the facility had closed its doors. There seemed to be only one thing for her to do. She bought the therapy equipment, planning to use it for Lucas's therapy at home, but after some consideration, she suggested to her husband, they open their own clinic. Quote, therapies for kids, End quote. and quote, in Lauderdale by the sea, was in business by February of 2005, and Bright Steps Forward was launched. I uh, just lost my page here. I apologize. Uh, what did I... Uh, <laughs> uh here we go um knowing the expenses involved de oliviera understood there would be many families who could not afford to pay for their children to get the intensive physical therapy they needed to address the situation she founded the 501c3 nonprofit bright steps forward the organization provides financial support for intensive pediatric therapy to disadvantaged children with urological disorders the bright steps forward program has already started raising funds As the mother of a child with cerebral palsy, she quickly learned the frustration of her child needing more therapy than traditional insurance would pay for. This led to her search for other ways to help him. She found alternatives that were available but were very expensive. For her, there was no price too high for seeing her son Lucas learn to walk and talk. And when she saw Lucas learn how to walk using cutting edge of pediatric intensive therapy, she knew she had to help parents who would otherwise never know the joy of watching their children become independent. Bright Steps Forward is dedicated to raising funds for children with disabilities in need of pediatric intensive therapy. This type of therapy is offered in 30 locations nationwide, including therapies for kids, a Florida therapy clinic that has treated hundreds of children from all over the world. The final touch came when Dr. Molden agreed to become the research director for Bright Steps Forward, where he is validating the hyperbaric oxygen and intensive pediatric therapy that the foundation raises money for. If you know of a child who is in need for either hyperbaric oxygen therapy or intensive pediatric therapy, please have them contact Eileen at 877-NOW I CAN-that's 877-669. 42268776694226 and with that I would like to give a very warm welcome to our guest Dr. Andrew Molden and I and Eileen De Oliveira Dr. Molden, do we have you on the line?
1: Yes, you do. Uh, thank you. It's uh, great to be here. And uh, no worries, Chris. I have a hard time pronouncing Eileen's last name as well.
0: Oh, pardon <laughs> Yes, I should ask how do you pronounce her name?
1: De <laughs> <The> Oliveira. <Olavaria>. Oh, <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> do it either. That's it's <laughs> the
2: Oliveira, and it's from Brazil.
0: The Oliveira. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> Could you repeat That's that? There's okay. one more time.
2: The Oliveira.
0: Oliveira. The Perfect. Oh, great, Eileen! I appreciate you and Dr. Andrew Molden joining us this evening. How are you both?
1: Very good. I right, thank you.
0: Well, I just had to read your entire bios because uh, I I didn't think I could do you justice otherwise. And I've heard your interviews with uh, the Power Hour and uh, more recently on Coast to Coast uh, just a couple nights ago. And um, I recalled you saying uh, that, Dr. Molden, that that you had a a therapy that was uh, cutting-edge, and now it seems that you've broken that, broken through with that?
1: Uh, well, it's, uh, I don't have anything that's terribly new in science or physics. The knowledge that I'm relying upon has been its the fundamental uh, basics of uh, colloidal chemistry, and what I've added to that primarily is the understanding in human physiology uh of an immune series of immune phases and steps that happens when the immune system gets non-specifically activated and uh putting these two worlds together and came up with the understanding of how damages have been caused not only by repeat vaccinations i mean all vaccines but also by the very virulent infectious diseases in the pre-vaccine era we never really knew as to how these various uh, toxins and pathogens entering human body were leading to all these different types of diseases But because we live in a very fluid universe uh, and our bodies are 75% water by weight, the blood itself is 95% water by weight, and uh, we live in an electrical, a chemical, and a biomechanical uh, vessel, if you will, that if you do not pay attention to these very critical forces that play in how things move and function and work together, the environment is very, very critical. And unfortunately, we kind of ignored a whole area of science called colloidal chemistry. And uh, knowledge that we have there where things are either sludged together or held apart based on negative electrical charges, we ignored that. <laughs> and by nor- ignoring laws of the universe does not come out with grave consequence. And unfortunately, these laws we ignored, we really didn't have a way to measure or see them. However, we've now created the ways that we can measure and see the aftermath of that, and that's how it got to the point where all these things are causing damages knowing how that is being caused opens the doors for directed, targeted bullseye treatments in conjunction with other therapeutic conventions we have, and that's why I'm in bright steps now in in Florida.
0: And uh, could you tell us a little bit, please, um, Eileen, uh, if you would, about uh, the foundation, how you came to to found the organization? Uh,
2: Well, I have, uh, Lucas, my son, has cerebral palsy, and uh, we've been very lucky and fortunate to find some of the therapies out there that we've um, done with him, such as the intensive pediatric therapy and hyperbaric oxygen. But knowing that there are so many more children out there that cannot afford it, we developed bright steps forward where we raise funds around the country for c- children who are less fortunate.
0: And uh, how, uh, how did you come to uh, discover this cure, this treatment uh, in Poland that uh, you couldn't find in this country?
2: There was a clinic in Fort Lauderdale five and a half years ago that offered this treatment, and Lucas went through the program and did fantastically well. He started crawling reciprocally after four days, and after the three weeks, he started taking independent steps. And the clinic actually closed right after Lucas graduated the program, so we found the woman who had all the equipment, purchased it, and we set up the clinic exactly where it was, and that's five and a half years ago.
0: And uh, so you continue to serve the, the same patients who, who were the clinic was serving before?
2: Yes. We've, we've helped over 800 children over the last five years, and most of these children have cerebral palsy, traumatic brain injury. Uh, Vaccine injury, any neurological disorder.
0: Well, that's wonderful to hear that you're still helping with such an effective therapy, and I believe in it because um, I've heard about it years ago, and in that um, it's such a a good therapy for people with strokes uh, to prevent uh, it. Maybe if you could explain how how it uh, helps prevent paralysis or even scarring if somebody gets burnt if you uh, know anything about that uh, i'd be interested in in hearing when somebody has a an an incident uh, and they get treatment right away with hyperbaric oxygen or or whatever other therapy that you use uh, how does that help them
1: uh, I'll address that. Uh, Thank you. It, it, the exciting part from my point of view, Chris, is uh, <laughs> having spent my entire uh, life uh, chasing disease and trying to understand every possible brain disorder you can think of. And the main reason why I got derailed to look at every possible brain disorder that existed because I couldn't find the an answer what was causing the damages for any one of them. Um, but would really... Uh, excited me when I was getting down to the basic physiological processes here because when I realized across the board, and I can say this conclusively now, uh, irrespective of what vaccination we've been giving to people from infants to adults alike uh, and geriatric patients as well, we never knew what to measure to see whether these things were safe or not. And when I realized that I had now the tools by enhancing the standard clinical neurological uh, examinations. What I basically did is I collapsed uh, several different uh, areas of brain assessment uh, at a PhD level in neuropsychology uh, from master's tools in child neurodevelopment to the clinical neurological exam that I was able to quantify and see what was before our very eyes all along. And these were acute brain damage as a function of uh, impaired uh, micro blood vessels throughout the brain and the body, unfortunately. And when I realized that the neurological features I could now measure, that there were no damages before vaccination. And uh, although the child looks completely normal and healthy and parents are walking around, the baby's bo- uh, babbling, cooing, uh, smiling, that uh, they were having strokes and evolution and eventually this would be diagnosed as a learning disability or ADHD or sudden death or autism or pervasive developmental disability. But what was really remarkable to me is that the neurological damage that I was seeing uh, after vaccination were the exact same damage that I was also not seeing able to measure in children who were diagnosed with cerebral palsy uh, shortly after birth, whether they were born with the uh, umbilical cord wrapped around their neck or other uh, systemic drop in mother's blood pressure uh, prior to giving birth. The, irrespective of how you block blood supply and oxygenation to tissue, there are some common areas in the brain and body that will be uniquely susceptible because they're the end of the road in terms of the blood vessels. And whenever you drop, block off any riverbed system. The areas furthest from that partial blockage, whether it's complete or incomplete, the weakest flowing areas, we call them the vascular territories, are uniquely susceptible. And some of those end vascular territories are common across age from infants to, uh, to people who are 90 years of age. And when I realized these areas were the ones uniquely being damaged by vaccinations, whether a diagnostic label came out or not, I realized, hold the phone here, this is hypoxia, low oxygen from impaired blood flow, which is not any different from what happens in um, children who develop cerebral palsy from impaired blood flow or oxygenation or near drownings or... Um, Uh, hangings or other ways to do this. Multiple different triggers to get there uh, for specific reasons in human physiology the different triggers can elicit different areas in which they target but the bottom line is when you're looking at uh, therapeutic interventions like hyperbarics and uh, stimulation of the nervous system uh, either by intensive physical therapies, sensory integration applied behavioral therapies as well. So these are all physical tools we've created over the years to try to stimulate the brain to regain functions that it's lost and we didn't know how those functions were lost and we assumed that the brain can't regain function. Uh, But now knowing where the problems are here uh, what I've kind of got my fingers on now is the bullseye, Um, a few bullseyes actually. Rather than going and loading up children with all kinds of drugs and and treating this symptom or that symptom with this drug or that drug, uh, all those drugs are doing basically is uh, symptom palliation and not dealing with the cause. If you deal with the cause You can put the whole body in its natural state the way God intended it to work, and it can start healing itself with the proper external interventions. So marrying my knowledge in human physiology and understanding the problem here with tools out there that have been proven to be effective uh, for many individuals um, is ideally the magical elixir, and we go help a lot of people.
0: And uh, I forgot to give out the numbers in case anybody has any questions as we go along here, uh, feel free to call in and uh, we can uh, jump right in and, and address the uh, issue at hand. Uh, we're going to be covering a lot of issues regarding uh, the vaccinations, I, I think tonight, and a lot of other um, uh, conditions that I, I've heard uh, Dr. Molden discuss on other interviews such as uh, the, the recent uh, swine flu or H1N1 flu vaccinations we'll be talking about also uh, at least briefly. Uh, the number here in Pinellas County is 727-441-3000. That's 727-441-3000. Toll free 866-826-1340. That's 866 we have Dr. Andrew Molden and Eileen De Oliveira on the line uh, with us this evening, and uh, I, with all these different complementary therapies that you are uh, that you just mentioned, and and uh, the hyperbaric oxygen being one of the, the major ones, I, I assume.
1: Uh, Actually, uh, uh, hyperbarics is uh, <laughs> uh, it's a piece of the puzzle. Uh, it's kind of like if you want to go back to everyone's mm-hmm. pharmaceutical mind. It's a tenth of the aspirin to its effective uh, protocol, which is why, in the scientific literature, we do see some benefits with hyperbarics. Now, if I explain what hyperbarics truly are, uh, what's happening here um, in any damaged tissue, uh, irrespective of what is caused by sequestered heavy metals, by infectious diseases, by trauma, by um, uh, impairment of oxygenation or blood flow, uh, irrespective of the trigger. The blood vessels uh, in the end blood vessel networks uh, kind of crimp back a bit and, and there's areas of tissue not getting the proper oxygenation, by example, it's kind of the pipes have been crimped that go into you, they're leaving your, your house. And so if the pipes are crimped, then you can't get proper flow through there.
0: And you're talking about areas of uh, what kind of areas of the body?
1: Uh, well, uh, okay, so the entire, you have 60,000 miles of end blood vessel territories, capillaries. There are one hundredth the size of the width of a hair. We're talking in microns here, millions of, millionth of a, a meter. We cannot see any of these, uh, this level, with MRIs, CT scans, SPEC scans, PEC scans. We just can't, which is why we've never known this problem is going on. But when you impair the blood flow and impair oxygenation at these end blood vessel territories, which exist through the whole body, then the tissue there is put in a semi-lack of oxygen state or a complete lack of oxygen state. Uh, it's kind of like taking out uh, the side roads and the back alleys to a neighborhood while the main roads going through the area remain normal. But those back alleys are now no longer getting oxygen the tissue has been damaged. Uh, germs will naturally sequester to these areas because they are not readily uh, removed from the immune system. Heavy metals will sequester to these areas because the roads leading into these areas and leaving these areas have been damaged. So it's kind of like the garbage piling up in your back alley and the road's been closed so you can't go in there and remove it. And, and so when that happens, then there is a lack of oxygen to these tissue areas. And the only way you can uh, bypass in the human body uh, getting oxygen and repair. Oxygen is required to be repairing uh, damaged tissue. The only way you can get oxygen to these areas is you have to find a way to get past areas in which the roads have been taken out. And unfortunately, oxygen cannot be carried to these areas by red blood cells because the roads are gone, and red blood cells are like buses that carry oxygen in it, and they just can't get to these back alleys because the roads have been taken out. So, the only way to do this uh, as part of the healing process, and it's nothing we do or anyone else does that can cure uh, these damaged areas in the human body, it can do it itself if you set the system right, is that ox- uh, any gas, including oxygen or atmospheric air, under pressure will freely diffuse into a liquid. So when you put uh, uh, room air or air with a- and, um supplemented oxygen to it under pressure, for example, a person in a mild hyperbaric chamber or a high-pressure chamber, then, oxygen that they breathe uh, is not only just going to be carried in the tissue uh, attached to red blood cells, it actually freely diffuses into the fluids, the water. Your blood is 95% water. And that water, which carries the oxygen molecule, is freely to diffuse and go places where there are no roads that basically can get out of the, out, out of the blood supply and leak into the tissue and carry oxygen to areas where you couldn't get there because the rows are gone because oxygen and fluid fluid bathes all your tissue and that's the way we get that there and that's a necessary prerequisite for any healing to occur and the first step in the healing is the vascular supplies of these end microscopic vascular networks and on top of that once these vascular networks are damaged and taken out if a bunch of them are taken out to a certain area then the body loses its ability to read uh, the stimuli that it needs to go reseed these areas and go clean these areas up because the electrical charge in the area is off, the pH is off, the roads are off, so even the body's own stem cells don't have the signals to know where they need to go to clean uh, up damaged tissue. So uh, relative to the brain, uh, the brain in development uh, develops on what we call a use it or lose it phenomenon. If you're using the functions ascribed to a certain area, then that brain area will get greater blood supply to it, as well as develop greater functions and greater neural connections. But if you you don't use that area of the brain, then it doesn't develop uh, the way it's supposed to. But what happened here, as a function of the damages, and I'll use the vaccinations leading to autism, learning disabilities, ADHD, cardiovascular death, dementia. You can go across the gamut. The Gulf War, it's, it's all similar stuff. Um, but what happens is once the blood vessels have been damaged here, these end vascular areas. Um, uh, that in these areas of the brain uh, that are damaged are not so much the outer cortex of the brain. Cortex of the brain is kind of like the bark of a tree, the outer thin layer around the tree, and that's what the thinking cells are, the gray matter, we call it. And the thinking cells is what separates humans from the rest of the animal kingdom. And the, the, the gray matter cells are kind of like lamps, and the lamps need to connect to one another to various places, whether it's to a muscle, whether it's to sensory apparatus in the human body, uh, whether it's to think if for different things, memory, attention, concentration, uh, um, um, motor coordination, uh, the ability to integrate all these signals and make the brain do the, allow the body and the mind to do what it's supposed to do, the cables have to have very clear input. they're electrical cables by and large. But when you start derailing the blood supply in multiple micro areas around it, you essentially disconnect many of these cables uh, in ways that we don't appreciate. Uh, and by doing so, it's kind of like putting uh, tens of thousands of little nicks in the Christmas light wires that light up your Christmas lights to your house. And uh-huh. when you do that, then your lights won't function properly. They won't go on the proper sequence. and You can't mm-hmm. light them up the way they're supposed to, although we won't think in these normal. But the good thing here, Chris, is that uh, although we can't fix lamps, uh, generally speaking, when they're damaged relative to the brain's cortex, the interconnecting cables of the brain will regrow and will reconnect, which is why you see therapies like uh, the intensive pediatric therapeutic procedures for cerebral palsy or, for that matter, uh, sensory integration uh, or the applied behavioral therapies that are used. You use those things and you're actually stimulating the brain to use areas that are still there and it stimulates more vascular growth as well as uh, getting oxygen to the area. Some healing can occur and all of a sudden people who couldn't walk all of a sudden start walking. And we say it's a miracle. It's not a miracle. It's basic physiology.
0: Right, and it's uh, amazing. Our body has such a miraculous uh, potential. I'd like you to talk more about um, uh, the, some of the solutions, but uh, it's great to know that somebody like Rush Limbaugh would have, um, have his brain tied behind his back, could recover. So maybe you could <laughs> do something for this uh, chemical induced uh i, I don't know if I would be totally chemical and, and uh, if you want to cover the uh, hemorrhagic aspect of it also um both uh the vaccinations uh and also the the various flus that are going around uh, if you if you want to talk about some of these various vaccinations and or if um, perhaps if uh, you'd like to talk about your some if we could talk about your diagnostic uh capabilities with with a facial proportions or uh, brain scanning. Uh, could you talk on that first? Sure,
1: uh, and, and I'll do it in an interactive way for you, Chris. Uh, have you ever been to a neurologist before? No, I haven't. Oh, well, then that means you haven't been in the car accident. Well, that's a good thing. Um, uh, in neurology, the, the, brain, the brain itself is divided in half, the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain. And generally speaking, the left side of the brain controls the right side of the body, and the right side of the brain controls the left. Uh, but we do things like a reflex hammer. Have you seen that before? A doctor comes and taps on your knee and you kind of do a knee-jerk. And people are probably most familiar with that.
0: Sure, basic army physical, but uh,
1: yeah. I've never been there. Okay, well, fair enough. So the reason why we do these things of uh, tapping the knee reflexes or testing the strength in the left or right leg or left and right arm is that we're looking for asymmetries, meaning uh, one side, the reflex is brisker than the other. and. Uh, When we do these sort of clinical skills of assessing the left and right side of the body, whether it's for sensory functions or motor functions or muscle bulk and tone or reflexes, we were looking for asymmetries that can one, localize a lesion to somewhere in the nervous system to one side of the body and then we try to localize along the neural axis, is it at the neuromuscular junction, is it in the spinal cord, is it in the brain, is it lower brain, the hop brain, left or right side? And by doing these things, by measuring these asymmetries, which is what the whole clinical skill is about, a neurologist, without any MRI or CT scan or anything, can diagnose a very pathological condition in your body, whether it's a a tumor in your spinal cord or a stroke in the brain or uh, something happening that's impairing the uh, the muscle functions at the uh, muscle junctions themselves. But this localization process is kind of like playing Sherlock Holmes with the nervous system. The nervous system is wired in a very specific, specific way, kind of like the wiring diagram to your house, that once you know what those wiring diagrams are and how they're oriented in your house, then when you see a certain bunch of uh, lights that are outside of your house, you can work back pretty quickly and find out where the disconnect must be in the wiring diagram. And that's how neurology works. And the asymmetries and muscle function and reflexes helps us do that. So what I've done with the imaging here is I realized well I didn't realize I realized where the problem was in blood flow after the fact here. When I was able now to have the clinical skills that the Western trained physicians, medical physicians, physicians have, and realize the limits of our our of their sensitivity by just using our eyes and reflex hammers and things to go measure these to look at these things and make a clinical judgment, um, I realized that from my PhD training and master's training and science training. The only way you can make any scientific claims, uh, whether it's in your clinical work or otherwise, is you have to measure things. You need to put quantification to it, and if you don't have measurement that's mathematical, numerical, in terms of the, the, how much of a reflex is there or not, uh, otherwise it's just it's just person. Otherwise, it'd just be a person's sort of like uh, their their perception. That's my it's my it's it's my clinical. Uh, thoughts that one reflex is worse than the other. But when I put measurements to the very specific uh, cranial nerves, the nerves that attach to the face and above the shoulders there's 12 of them, and started measuring these functions, le- much like reflexes, before and after vaccination, uh, so holy smokes, uh, although you cannot see some of these features with your own naked eye, um, these asymmetries were emerging. And these same asymmetries that were emerging uh, is the same asymmetries we see when we are in a neurosurgical theater and we temporarily clamp off blood vessels in the brain to fix an aneurysm or remove a tumor. But the neuro- neurological damage I was seeing emerging on the left or the right side of the face after vaccination uh, is exactly the same thing we can actually recreate in the surgical theaters when we're doing brain surgery. But when we reestablish the blood flow, these things went away. So uh, that was frightening and also knew in the medical literature that these are signs of stroke. And the reason why they are signs of stroke is because these areas of the functions I'm now non-invasively measuring, um, are in end blood vessel territories, and by analogy, end uh, blood vessel territories to your fingertips, your nose tip, uh, your toe tips, these are areas that get frostbite because they're end blood vessels, the end trickling streams, weakest flowing areas. And you have things like blood vessels throughout the whole body and some areas of the brain that control the neurological features and muscle movements and sensory functions on the face and, sh- and above the shoulders and that's what I'm now measuring. So uh, when I measured that before and afterwards, so, oh my gosh, uh, we're causing brain damages by impairing blood flow. And no one knows this is actually going on. These are strokes. The Parents don't know what's going on. Every repetitive vaccination is inducing it further. The damages is like having a temporary blockage of blood supply. The infant is having a stroke right in the parent's very arms, and in some cases right in the pediatrician's office. But no one knows. Babies and infants are pre-motor and preverbal in an adult we rely on them losing their language or losing motor function to say that they're having a stroke and if we can't do that we rely on our MRIs and CT scans and none of these things can see that but non-invasively here the measurement shows it there and for these measures which you can see on our BrainGuardMD.com site which the whole world can now see you can see it clearly for yourself and we're causing these problems but remarkably these problems were being induced in the body from uh, the wild infectious diseases in the pre-vaccine era. So polio was causing these things. Elaine Barr was causing these things, but it wasn't polio, the virus, or H1N1, uh, the virus, or uh, measles, mumps, rubella, diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, these viruses that were causing this problem in the human body. It's an over-activation of the body's generic immune response to immune stimulation that's doing this. And it's blocking these end blood vessel territories, much like frostbite to your fingers. But the brain has no pain receptors, so there's no signals telling you that, Alice oh, is painful, um, but what's happening in the brain is happening in all the organ systems, and this is how these diseases were always caused. And so the solution here is not so much vaccination for every foreign thing in human, in, on planet Earth because all these foreign things on planet Earth are leading to disease and disorder and paralysis and death uh, by a similar chain of common mechanisms. I've called it mass, and one of them has an electrostatic charge problem, I deal with that with a fancy water supplement called Flow to Life which is on our our website and and the other part is immune hyperstimulation state and I've called that mass and unfortunately to fix mass um I I'll need some FDA approvals and uh to get to that point because that specific bullseye here is targetable now. but I know where that problem is. But for now, I'm only positioned to help with the electrostatics problem, which is I'm not making this stuff up. It's called colloidal chemistry and uh, zeta potential, and that's something we can address. And all of us, we all need this, uh, these solutions.
0: And are you talking about the, the charges that they, these toxins have? Positive versus, uh, an, an, you know, positive being not beneficial versus negative being beneficial. Is that what you're talking about? Or yeah. The, and how they attach to our tissues and could you uh, could you explain how you, how the product works
1: uh, yeah. So, uh, Well, first you have to understand uh, that all living, you know, that helps to have a PhD in, in, in neuro-electrophysiology. And I understand, uh, well, and this information is not taught in medical school. <laughs> After I finished the PhD and went to the medical school, uh, these, these core concepts of the physics and chemistry of human physiology are not taught. We're taught a bunch of labels for a bunch of symptoms, for a bunch of diseases we put labels to, not knowing what the cause is. and. Say this drug goes with that symptom. This drug goes with that. Well, that's not knowledge, uh, and unfortunately, that knowledge can be palliative to uh, put a band-aid on symptoms, but never address the cause. But in human physiology, or all living entities on planet Earth, uh, whether it's plant or animal, all of these living entities exist in a medium that has a net negative charge. Living entities have a net negative charge in their dynamics that exists between minus fifteen and minus 100 millivolts. Uh, this is just an example of charge. And in the human uh, blood, uh, blood flow, uh, the human blood carries things in it in suspension and not in solution. And that's important distinction. Uh, and I'll make that clear for you. For example, if you mix sugar into water, and the sugar dissolves into the water, the sugar is actually binding to the water molecules and you create a solution. A solution is two things mixed together and their molecular structures bind together. However, the body's blood is not a solution. It's not water and sugar mixed together. All amino acids, all proteins, all heavy metals, uh, and the red blood cells, uh, well, they're held in suspension in that uh, fluid as a function of the net negative charge more negative it is up to a point, uh, up to minus 100 maximum millivolts, the more things can be carried in that suspension. And by analogy, all the red blood cells that carry oxygen in the human body have a net negative charge around them. And uh, that negative net negative charge is kind of like two magnets that have the same polarity. You put two magnets, or are both North Poles together, they repel each other. And if you put two red blood cells beside each other with the same net negative charge, they repel each other. However, if you drop that negative charge uh, too much, then it's kind of like reversing the polarity of the magnets. And all of a sudden you have one red blood cell that a, a, uh, um, has a uh, north pole and other one has a south pole. They start snapping together because they're now are attracted to each other. And so when that net negative charge drops by heavy metals, aluminum is very, very problematic here because aluminum has a plus three charge to it. Aluminum is in all these vaccines. In fact, we use plus three charged aluminum to go treat water that comes into our water treatment facilities because water comes into the water treatment facilities dirty. It has all these colloids, things held in suspension uh, in it we want to get rid of. So we put aluminum, a plus three charged particle, into that water, and it caused all these, these colloids, these minute
0: things we cannot see. And together. they put the slag in, in even uh, Pinellas County. Think We've so. discussed in the past here, here in Pinellas County, we, they put a, just a toxic slag that was a caller called in to explain who he had called up to discover this that the lady had admitted. It. And I felt like, well, with this truth in advertising that she admitted, why not ask, are you giving this to your family? Are you giving it to your own son and your children? So we have all these toxins that are in our, our environment, and, and you're saying that uh, there's a Way to uh, perhaps flush them out
1: uh, well uh, yeah, well I don't you don't have to flush them out uh, uh, the bottom thing bottom line is uh, you get the sludge at the bottom of the water treatment facilities because you drop the charge from net negative to more closer to positive or less negative, negative. and we do that by putting uh, by putting the positive charge in there and mm. you want to uh, unsludge it. You want to put more net negative charge in there. It's simple as that. It's a simple rule of colloidal chemistry. We use it. We use the knowledge here, and we use the same knowledge to create antiperspirants. Antiperspirants have aluminum in it, plus three charged particle. Put the antiperspirant under your arm. It blocks and flocculates and slags, if you will, and closes off the uh, perspiration pores. The mm-hmm. same thing happens in human blood. And when the blood starts to sludge, when these red blood cells start sticking together because their charge is off, is too too low in the negative the negative side of this uh, of this pendulum then clumps of four or five red blood cells stuck together will not go down small end capillary blood vessels designed to handle one red blood cell squeezing through there at a time they drop off oxygen. These side pipes get no oxygen. The pipes eventually close down and clamp down because they have no oxygen, and then all of a sudden you have sections of tissue that are starving and functions are lost. We call it autism. We call it ADHD or learning disabilities. We call it sudden death because when this process happens bilaterally in lower parts of the brain, that are responsible for controlling breathing in and breathing out, then all of a sudden you lose the central drive for respiration and these infants stop breathing. We call it sudden infant death. <laughs> and then when it happens to the uh, small blood vessels in the back of the eyes, because any blood vessel without oxygen for uh, a period of time if it happens quickly, uh, it will hemorrhagically transform, meaning it will lose its integrity. It's kind of like the, the pipes to your garden hose give way and you bleed into that tissue. And if a doctor looks in the back of the eye of an infant and sees bleeding back there, we'll say that parent probably shook that baby. And if you see the same thing in the brain, definitely shook that baby. And unfortunately, because uh, even the end blood vessels, the end of the road here, fingertips, nose tip, toe tips, these end blood vessels also go to the bones uh, of the human body as well. And in babies and infants, the bone is green stick, meaning it's not calcified, it's not hardened. And when you start impairing these microscopic blood vessels to the bone, uh, its internal uh, canals, as well as to its cortex in these babies. Parents, by normally picking the babies up in their cribs and handling them in a loving, caring way, playfully, will be fracturing their bones and not knowing it. And unfortunately, because the end blood vessels have been damaged, uh, the bones will not heal in a rapid couple of weeks like they're normally supposed to. It could take years for that to happen, or a couple of years, and unfortunately, if this baby ends up in an emergency department, the doctor looks in the eyes and sees retinal hemorrhages, looks in the brain, the CT scans, sees a bit of bleeding, and looks at this body x-ray and sees multiple old age fractures and bones, that dad or mom's in jail (laughs) and it's all the same problem but we're inducing it with these vaccines and not realizing because we cannot see this process and now that's what I've resolved we can see it and beyond resolving it to to see it and show it to the world uh, uh, we've also zeroed in on why it's happening and one of the fixes is to control the net negative charge in the blood, and I do that with a concoction of uh, ratioed uh, um, uh, minerals and elements that actually put the net negative charge in the human body way it's supposed to be. Because again, by analogy, a uh, three hundred foot, three hundred foot tall uh, uh, giant redwood tree or any hundred foot tree does not have a heart or a pump. They have no moving parts, but yet they're moving water and fluid from the roots three hundred feet in the air. How are they doing that? Uh, well, they're going against gravity. But uh, the reason why they're doing it is it's a net negative charge and how it works and how it's able to move fluids through systems. And the other piece here in physics, the laws of physics, Sir Isaac Newton came up with them, we call it gravity or big G, force equals acceleration times mass. It's simple algebra. If you increase mass by sludging blood cells together that become heavier with no net increase in force, then there is no acceleration, there's deceleration, and no forward flow, and especially in blood vessels, tiny going against gravity, there's going to be no flowing up those pipes for a second reason, and there's no oxygen, and we have tissue damages, and germs will settle there, fungus, bacteria, heavy metals will sequester the tissue, and you can't get rid of it. This is the problem, and we're doing this.
0: Well, we have Dr. Andrew Malden joining us along with Eileen de Oliveira. And uh, the uh, call-in numbers here in Pinellas County is 727-441-3000, toll-free 866-826-1340. The website is theliberationstation.com. The new website name is theliberationstation.com. And uh and Dr. Andrew Molden and uh, and Eileen de Oliviera are with Bright Steps Forward and uh, Therapies for Kids at Therapies for Kids uh, dot. Uh, pardon me. Uh, <laughs> pardon me. I lost my page one more time. Bright Steps Forward dot org and Therapies for Kids. The number four kids.com. Also, vactruth.com and brainguardmd.com are Dr. Andrew Molden's websites. And uh, we're discussing the uh, vaccination issue that uh, Dr. Andrew Molden is, is so expert on and has such experience in. And and, um, and speaking of the this hemorrhagic aspect, uh, what are some of the names of some of these um, syndromes that go back decades and uh, nobody knew um, what this hemorrhagic uh, thing was that was connected with the vaccination since their (laughs) inception.
1: Oh boy, it's uh, it's a sad state when truth shines light on the realities of the ignorance we've had in terms of thinking we were masters of our own universe and uh, you'll never find cause in chemistry, Chris. Uh, Chemistry is an effect of something and the forces before that in this body is critical. Now, in the human body there's a few things <laughs> uh, it 's frightening that I know what truly is going on here. Um, uh, one thing like Ebola, for example, or marburg these are uh, nasty uh, very virulent infectious diseases actually that were picked up in german uh, in africa but Ebola can turn your body into a sludge <laughs> within a matter of three days. All your blood vessels bleed out, and it's very, very critical. They don't know why it's happening. But that's an extreme version of the same problem, what I've called math, as well as the electrostatic problem here, is that uh, when you uh, get into uh, stimulating the body's immune system to be blocking off small blood vessels, which is, uh, it does, that's part of the math process, but that's not the only thing going on here, or that you're dropping the electrical charge in ways we do this as well. Any tissue, blood vessels are like a conduit and they don't have, uh, and they need oxygenation to maintain their integrity. When you have any blood vessel uh, or any tissue under hypoxic state, the blood vessels have a natural defense mechanism. They're smart. All the inside blood vessels are lined by individual cells, packed nice and tightly together, creates a complete conduit. But when these tissues, or these blood vessels themselves lack oxygen or, uh, then, or the nutrients can't get there because they are blocked off, then they start losing their integrity. And uh, this is called hemorrhagic transformation. Hemorrhagic is a fancy medical word meaning bleeding. Um, But how this happens is that uh, um, if the blood cells cannot self-cauterize or close off or clamp down quickly, uh, they will lose their integrity and you bleed into tissue. So uh, we've, uh, a Canadian uh, endocrinologist, Dr. Hans Sellier, he was at McGill University in Montreal, Well, he wrote extensively on this, and he found that no matter what I inject into the body of these animals or otherwise uh, as a foreign toxin, I'm seeing exactly the same damages in the tissue, whether it was the adrenal glands or otherwise. So I thought Cellier postulated, well, I don't know what this is, but uh, obviously it must be some generic response in the body's physiology, because no matter what the toxin I inject in there, it's causing the same damages uh, to the same organs. And uh, Cellier called it stress. Uh, It's a fancy word, stress, which you really didn't know what it meant and how it's happening in human physiology, so his whole model was general adaptation syndrome and stress causes disease um, but uh, what he's called stress I've nailed down to actually in the exact physiological steps of why this is happening and why we couldn't see this before but um, diseases and disorders, we can, we can call it all these diseases and disorders, we've called it Moya Moya, we've called it Kawasaki Syndrome, we've called it Vasculitis, we've called them autoimmune disorders, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia Crohn's, colitis, it's all the same stuff, dementia, Parkinson's disease, Tourette's syndrome, depression, Of compulsive disorder, uh, bipolar disorder, uh, all of these different pathological entities, meningitis, encephalitis, encephalopathy, West syndrome, (laughs) you can go on and on and on. Irrespective of what the trigger is, they all have a common 1st root mechanism to disease or disorder, which is beginning with derailments of this microcirculation and the stability of blood flow, which can be derailed in these different ways that I can now, uh, uh, some ways I can now see and measure. And otherwise, I have to indirectly uh, uh, postulate or, uh, or hypothesize that this must be going on because in the context of this disease, even some of these bone cancers after these vaccines, I see the ischemic damages that I can measure in the face. Generic problem. So we, we didn't know, we didn't know, because polio did this. Uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome does this. Uh, we thought Guillain-Barre and ascending paralysis in the body, which is a compensable uh, adversity from vaccination, we assume something's happening down at the neuromuscular junction. Here we go, back to the neurological exam again. So fair enough, if guillain barr syndrome, which is being induced and we accept it and we pay you money for causing guillain barr syndrome after vaccination, is a neuromuscular junction problem, then somebody better wake up and put their thinking cap on here explain to us why do we see brain damage in these individuals in the exact same way polio did it, in the exact same way MMR is doing it, children and DTP is doing it, and the same way um, measles and cephalitis did it, the same way smallpox did it, the same way influenza is doing it post-vaccination. And Gardasil? Gardasil, exactly the same thing. I'm measuring it. These girls are dead. The reason why these girls are dying, we went, I went back and looked at their pictures and, and their images of childhood because I knew this is no longer the germs doing this. This is a, a generic response in the human body that's additive after each vaccination. It's been silently but finally get to the point where the straw breaks the camel's back and some disease or disorder uh, manifests depending where the blood vessels has been damaged the most. But in these Gardasil girls, and, and uh, I've now gone through several of them, uh, even sat down there and looked at them and measured them and said, wait a minute here, you're having intermittent paralysis after vaccination, your second or third shot of Gardasil, and I'm seeing the same neurological features in your face measurable I saw in the infants and children who died from vaccination and developed autism. Hold the phone here. Uh, let me go back and look at your pictures from infancy, and don't tell me where these pictures come from relative to when you got vaccinated. I'll tell you when because I can now see with my naked eye, my, my my, my my clinical skills have been trained to that level, but my brain guard imaging that I do offline here uh, with, with tools that allows me to see things. You can't see your naked eye, but I can pull them out. So, oh my gosh, these girls were having the same silent ischemic strokes that from each childhood vaccination, although they didn't develop autism, learning disabilities, or ADHD, Gardasil finished the job. And, uh, and this is what's going on. So in anything in medicine, uh, when you do something to a patient, If you do not measure, uh, do do not know what to measure. You can say anything is safe. And the analogy I'm I'm fond of giving is that if we say if if we don't measure death after general surgery or general anesthesia, they will say all general anesthetics and all surgical procedures are 100% safe. But here, we did not know what to measure, although it was there to be measured all along. So we said vaccines were 100% safe, but we did not know what to measure to reflect that they're actually doing damages, and no one's ever done it. And now that we've done it, and now that we see the polio did this, even those who were paralyzed, and even the polio vaccine was doing it, uh, we didn't know, and the damages add up much like Muhammad Ali. He mm-hmm. could take a, thousand, a hundred punches to the head, but finally something breaks and he has his problems. It's called punch drunk syndrome. Dr. Well, the of these vaccines are the same thing. It's punch drunk, it's like concussion, 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 and finally it breaks it. It can't heal, and now you have symptoms. And We're calling it disease these days, and we're prescribing drugs for profit to treat symptoms of a problem we sold for profit for vaccinations and made everyone sick.
3: Dr. Mulden, uh, this is Dennis. I actually have a, a question. You, you kind of uh, stirred my uh, thoughts here is um, connective tissue disorder that's uh, something I've heard about recently and uh, is that related to what you're describing here? (laughs) Or am I just steering you in a totally different direction?
1: Oh, you're absolutely right and and this was this, that, that, actually, now you're, now you're going to get to the part where it's kind of got exciting for me is that uh, I had to, I, it was like one of those, uh, not even an aha moment, your whole body and, and mind goes numb, the blood rushes from your face. Because mm-hmm. uh, after going through medical school, we all went through the pathology labs and the anatomy labs, and we uh, dissected hearts and we looked at the heart valves, and the heart valves are connective tissue. Your mitral valve and tricuspid valves are connective tissue. And we just think connective tissue, well, it's just uh, it's kind of like a flap, and uh, there's no life really to it. But sure enough, when you go out there and you uh, run dyes through it uh, in the proper way, so holy smokes, there's a whole riverbed system there. It's like standing a uh, uh, ten miles above the Nile riverbed, and you see the main river and all the small tributaries, and the entire all these connective tissues have these vascular supplies to it. I didn't learn that in medical school. We never, I didn't know that, but once I saw that realizing what these problems are, then all of a sudden these various connective tissue disorders make sense. Uh, the uh, Lipitors, the statin drugs that the pharmaceutical companies give us to treat uh, uh, cholesterol these days, it's coming like they're kind of like Pez dispensers now. Well, uh, cholesterol is like stuff that's sludge in the blood, impairs blood flow, but also the drugs induce the same thing, and when you impair blood flow, to the connective tissue or to the muscles, uh, you create myalgia, uh, pain in the muscle, or chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia or uh, myositis, inflammation in the muscles. These connective tissue areas are also vascularized and also have invascular beds, which is why probably we sometimes see after a person has some sort of infectious disease, and uh, it's not the infectious disease that's doing it, the body's response causes blockages of small blood vessels to the mitral valve. You have mitral valve prolapse. Every time your heart beats, you blow back blood back uh, towards the lungs. So it's the... Everywhere.
0: So it's the extreme inflammatory response systemically. And uh, thanks, Dr. Molden. We'll just, uh, for that uh, great summary, we'll be right back. And for the uh, second hour, we have Dr. Andrew Molden and Eileen DeOliviada with Bright Steps Forward. Please stay with us. This is Liberation Station.
4: This is Wayne Walton with the Red Pill radio.com. Our Constitutional Republic is under attack by globalist central bankers. During the Katrina tragedy, U.S. citizens were subjected to a gun roundup and a blockade of New Orleans. Unalienable rights given by God were suspended by the globalist George Bush. Oath Keepers is an association of currently serving military veterans and peace officers who will fulfill their oath to the Constitution against all enemies foreign and domestic. Go to OathKeepers.org to reaffirm your oath to the Constitution, not to tyrants. The Federal Reserve is the private banking cartel, which is in charge of the U.S. monetary system. Listen to Thomas Jefferson as he gives a warning of what this institution will give to the United States of America. If the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks which grow up and around them will deprive the people of all of their property until their children wake up homeless on the continent their fathers conquered. Listen weekdays 9 to 10 for more details.
5: WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa, St. Petersburg. WDCF, Dade City, Zephyr Hills and Wesley Chapel. And KLRG, Sheridan, Little Rock, Arkansas.
6: In radio, I'm Paul Chambers. More cash for clunkers if the Senate has its way. CNN's Barbara Hall reports lawmakers tonight approved an additional $2 billion in funding. The ayes are 60, the nays are 37. The bill... The
1: Senate vote extends the popular program, which pays new car buyers up to $4,500 for their old vehicle. Michigan Senator Debbie Stabenow says this will
7: probably be the last of the funding. At this point, we just want this to be successful as it
2: is and uh, then move on to other programs that hopefully will be as successful uh, and hopefully give us other
4: opportunities. President Obama is expected to quickly sign the bill. Barbara Hall, CNN.
6: Federal Judge Sonia Sotomayor will become the first Hispanic to serve on the U.S.
4: Supreme Court. For Hispanic Americans, today, the mantle over the Supreme Court that says equal justice under law becomes one step closer
1: to reality.
6: Senator Bob Menendez taking note of today's 68 to 31 vote to confirm the federal judge to the high court. Hackers today attack the social networking site Twitter, meaning no tweets for about two hours. Marion Merritt with Seaman Tech says it was a denial-of-service attack.
2: In the case of Twitter, people saw a failure message, but not the old one of the fail well, that we used to call it. Um, they just simply couldn't get to the site.
6: Twitter is one of the most popular sites on the Internet. Illinois becomes the 17th state to ban texting while driving. People who send or receive without pulling over could get a $75 ticket and a black mark on their driving record. Bueller. Bueller. He's best known for Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Filmmaker John Hughes collapsed and died today while on his morning walk, he was 59. The most trusted name in news, this is CNN Radio.
8: Have you ever listened to a talk radio show and said, I could do that? Well, you're right, you can, right here on the TAN Talk Radio Network. Your TAN Talk program will include a professional engineer to handle every technical aspect of your program, professional talk and recording studios, four telephone lines to take live call ins and conduct live interviews, even the ability to do live remote broadcasts. Not only will your program be aired locally in Tampa Bay, you'll be streamed live worldwide across the internet in audio and video. When you sign off, you'll receive an audio CD or MP3 copy of your program, which can be duplicated and distributed. In addition, you can archive and podcast this copy of your program on the internet for download and playback. Ready to explore the exciting world of talk radio? Here's the next step. Hey, Tampa
5: Bay, listen up. You can have a one-hour program on the Talk radio network for less than the cost of one 60-second announcement on many local radio stations. We will put your program on two stations in Tampa Bay, AM 1340 and AM 1350. The cost? Less than a 60-second announcement on many Tampa Bay stations. Get the facts by calling Lola Jean, the broadcast queen, at 727-510-7622. That's 727 area code 510-7622 call 510-7622 now and reserve your tan talk network program our guest is shelly jaffe the manager of peter Gillum's nutrition center at 533 cleveland here in downtown clearwater shelly tell me some of the other things that uh, you have that are, are big movers at the store what What's popular at the Peter Gillum Nutrition Center?
2: Well, we have a product called Green Phytofoods, um, which is an incredibly exceptional uh, superfood is what it's called. And it's a concentrate primarily made of things like spirulina, kelp. Um, it has a tremendous amount of ingredients. Uh, it's great for helping people to metabolize. It's great for helping people to get more energy. Um, and because it's, a, it's actually a condensed food product, um, it gets a lot of nutrients. And, and most of those nutrients in there, most of the minerals and vitamins coming from that actually support... The, the function of the endocrine system. So it actually has to do with your energy level and your um, your immune system and, and things like that. And that's been one of probably the hottest items that we've that we've got there right now.
5: Peter Gillum Nutrition Center at five thirty three Cleveland Corner Garden in downtown Clearwater. Check it out.
1: Have you ever wondered what's really taking place right now in today's mental health industry? Think psychiatry has nothing to do with you? Think again. Children are the future, but psychiatry is making sure 20 million won't have one. Join us every Wednesday night right here on WTAN AM 1340 at 8 p.m. and get the mental health edge, where we give you a factual look at today's mental health industry. After all, you deserve to know the truth.
4: I'm George with the Fuse weekly news live on Sunday nights at nine on 10 Talk 1340. George, you and I are men
6: of the people, just like our sponsor, the Widow Browns in Largo on Seminole Boulevard, just north of Almerton. Visit the Widow Brown for their 99 cent a la carte breakfast, and don't eat fast food. Get the Widow Brown's 5.79 lunch special with drink. Homemade food is so much better than fast food.
4: Go to georgenation.com and the Fuse on Sunday nights at nine for comedy and news, and the Widow Browns in the heart of Pinellas. Visit georgenation.com for more info. The Federal Reserve is the private banking cartel, which is in charge of the U.S. monetary system. Listen to Thomas Jefferson as he gives a warning of what this institution will give to the United States of America. If the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks, which grow up and around them, will deprive the people of all of their property until their children wake up homeless on the continent their fathers conquered. Listen weekdays 9 to 10 for more details. This is Wayne Walton with TheRedPillRadio.com. Our constitutional republic is under attack by globalist central bankers. During the Katrina tragedy, U.S. citizens were subjected to a gun roundup and a blockade of New Orleans. Unalienable rights given by God were suspended by the globalist George Bush. Oath Keepers is an association of currently serving military veterans and peace officers who will fulfill their oath to the Constitution against all enemies foreign and domestic. Go to OathKeepers.org to reaffirm your oath to the Constitution, not to tyrants. I'm sorry.
0: and welcome back to Liberation Station. This is Chris Steiner with Dennis joining me in the studio. We have Dr. Andrew Molden and Eileen de Oliviera on the line. Our, uh, do we have our guest back on the line with us?
1: I'm here. All right, yeah. Dr.
0: Molden, welcome back. And uh, so at the end of the last hour, we were talking about some of the different new uh, syndromes or diseases or conditions, whatever they could be called, uh, that are result of uh, these, these vaccinations. Um, and a lot of them are autoimmune, um, uh, autoimmune conditions, um, what are some of the uh, are there any uh, uh, supplements perhaps that uh, somebody could take uh, to maybe um, act uh, as an inf- anti-inflammatory what would you say about supplements like uh, colostrum or or turmeric or uh, fulvic acid have you uh, have you heard of any of those or any of those in your supplements well
1: uh, a, start, a, squ- a square one all, all i can really speak of and uh, i will do this consistently uh, on this path forward I will only speak about things that I have empirical data to back up what I say. So I can't speak to anything I haven't directly observed and done the work myself, so uh, and so for that matter, I'm also a Western-trained physician, so I don't know, Jack, about nutrition we <laughs> were taught in that medical school, but mm-hmm. I realize it's one of the most important parts here. But because the body is 75% water by weight, that's the most important part here, and this electrostatic problem is critical. Uh, and until the medical system can come out there and create one of these human bodies from scratch on their own, and if they don't know how to create it, uh, don't fool yourself to think they know how to fix it. Uh, they don't. Cut, burn, and poison is not healthcare. It, it's symptomatic palliative treatment. And all I can deal with is the things I know of the eyes I've discovered, and I don't heal anything. I put the body back in its natural state where God gave us the ability to heal itself. And uh, unless you do that, then the body will get sick because it can't do its job it was designed to do. We're getting all these chronic illnesses and autoimmune disorders for a very similar common mechanism. Whether your body is invaded by a bacteria, or a fungus, or a heavy metal, or a parasite, or a toxin for that matter, is that when the immune system recognizes there's cells in the body, and cells come together to create tissue and different organs, then the body creates antibodies against that tissue, not because it's doing it for fun. It sees that the tissue is damaged or diseased and it needs to be cleaned up, and cleaning up is part of the healing process. But uh, the body does not distinguish between cells that are malfunctioning because of a virus or bacteria or heavy metals in the area, or from tissue is not functioning because of its ischemic, no blood flow, no oxygen. The bottom line is the tissue is damaged. So antibodies are kind of like oil. Uh, they're created by the immune system to go coat cells that are damaged, and they target, they mark them for destruction by the non-specific arm of the immune system. So all these, many of these autoimmune disorders, we say, oh, you must have some genetic thing. It's a parents' problem. Your genes are bad. Well, the cells are being targeted for antibodies. As a consequence, there is no germ here. It's the impairment of the blood flow and the chronic impaired blood flow state, ischemia, hypoxia, that the body's creating antibodies against. it. Now, this can be targeted against the sheaths of the myelin of the long cables. We'll call it multiple cirrhosis. We can call it uh, a barr syndrome. We can call it anything you want. It can happen to the kidneys, the bowel, the liver, the pancreas. We'll call it type 1 diabetes. We can call it dementia, even. This there are many ways to get to this end of problems that we see here and unless you deal directly in the physiology to let the body heal itself then uh, uh, I don't know how to heal, heal the body, I don't know how to create one but uh, I do recognize the the bioterrain within which it has to operate properly you can't drive cars down roads, the roads are full of potholes and uh, I can provide the stimuli for the human body to exist in a terrain that enables it to do its job, either in the face of an infectious disease or in the face of trying to heal itself, and that starts with the water that we're all bathed in, and it has to be the proper electrical charge to it, and that's what I'm dealing with right now. Those other supplements, I can't speak to. Mm.
3: Doctor um, Molden, I had a. Uh, uh, this is Dennis again. I was uh, wanted to ask you a little, little further uh, in what you're just on on what you're just describing there, especially the. Uh, Uh, connective tissue uh, disorder I mentioned earlier there's a relative of mine or the child of a relative of mine that has that uh, described or um, diagnosed and I could tell right off the bat from hearing what they described it they're not sure what it is but they're checking the family history for any kind of uh, history of like uh, rheumatoid arthritis and all this nonsense I'm like wait a minute that's not even part of our family history who gave you that idea and, of course, it's the doctors because they're, they're grasping at straws for something. So I could tell that it was a bogus diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you... I,
1: I've seen the same thing as well here at uh, uh, at Therapies for Kids uh, and Bright Steps Forward. Some come in here from around the world, and they're coming in from other countries. And uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not practicing medicine now. I've gone into straight, I'm going to fix this problem, and, and I'll die with my last breath, and I'll have it fixed mm-hmm. before I get there, I assure you. But um, they come in here with all these crazy diagnostic labels. You know, You know, medicine, unfortunately, has evolved in Western medicine for the last couple of hundred years since the pharmaceutical industry has pretty much taken control of the, 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 the checks and balances, the realm of who is an a ethical practitioner and who's following contemporary science. Well, this contemporary science and peer-reviewed stuff is what put us all into this mess to begin with because mm-hmm. they said all this stuff was safe. Biox was causing heart attack and stroke. Thalidomide caused babies to be born with no arms or legs. Six shots of gar- anthrax vaccine leaves women give birth to children with no arms or legs uh, uh, 18 months after uh, uh, having the vaccines. This is a common generic problem that we never really addressed or appreciated. And all we do in medicine now is we look at a bunch of symptoms and we collect them together, say, all these symptoms go together, we're going to call this disease or this disorder. And what we end up doing is getting pharmaceutical products to go treat collections of symptoms that we've labeled as disorders and think, have ourselves in our back, we're doing our job. But no one's gotten off their keister to go out there and find out what's causing this stuff, because unless you go answer the answer as to what causes, you can never provide cures or treatments. But unfortunately, a system built on profit, doesn't understand what it doesn't understand, has no incentive to go look for cures. It has ideas to go out there and sell drugs for one child in nine with asthma, or one in 87 autistic, or 15% attention death disorder, or 1% sudden death. Oh, that's an unfortunate thing. That's probably why with sudden death is so low. They have nothing else to sell them. If they curate chronic illness with a bunch of labels and a bunch of clinical symptoms, all we're doing right now is treating labels and symptoms. And by analogy, The Western trained medical physician, unfortunately, I'm not saying this in a pejorative way, it's just how we've been trained. The whole system's moved this way. The physicians are up in the clouds, looking down at a forest beneath them, and they see fires throughout the forest canopy there and the doctor say oh there's a bunch of these trees are on fire over here so this is the drug or this is the, the retardant they're going to pour on that area here they can only see the canopy of the forest and they have solutions for each part of the canopy but they never get down to go down to the very floor of that forest and turn off the spark and turn that spark off all the other stuff goes away but we don't do it that way so the diagnostic labels have become uh... like an entity in themselves, and we're treating labels and symptoms and we're not treating the cause I'm working on cause because unless you're working on the cause you're on the list, and you'll never get it right. And
3: well, hey, why put
1: water on electrical fire and cause things to get worse? But they'll deny they did that.
3: Why bother following what the maker, cur- the, your creator, gave you as a cause and a cure when you can go to pharmacia and uh, use the witchcraft uh, of this over the centuries? And now we have it instead of being direct witchcraft, it's now in the form of chemicals. But <laughs> you it's, know it's the amazing.
1: The pharmacy, then, it's words, yes, you're absolutely right
3: no w it's amazing to me over the last couple of years i'd say the last ten fifteen years I've seen friends and and others that I know suddenly come down with these um diseases or maladies that had absolutely nothing showing up in their family history but it's things like the connective tissue or I have another friend that has uh he has um multiple sclerosis. they diagnosed him as, I'm like, wait a minute, this guy's younger than me and he's he's fit as a fiddle, and all of a sudden he's got this and the only thing that that i could trace it back to he i asked him specifically whether he had vaccinations back and then he's like well yeah but that, what's that got to do with it <laughs>
1: God heals and the doctor collects the fee. That's what it's got to do with it. Yeah. Just what it's, it
0: is. it's disease care, which some people mistakenly call health care. So we have a, a right to informed consent, I'd say. And and, uh, and when it comes to whether we're going to take any vaccination at all, uh, when it comes to, for example, the H1N1, they're talking about enforced vaccinations and quarantines. Uh, but what you're saying is that uh, your deductive reasoning um, really negates any need for a double-blind, placebo-controlled, randomized crossover study because it's like saying, it seems to me, that you're, you're trying to you point out the fact that a, a plane has just uh, crashed in uh, the next uh, mile or two over, and they're telling you, well, until we know why it crashed, we're not going to go search for survivors.
1: Actually, it's, not, it's, it's even it's more profound than that. It's not mm-hmm. looking for why it's crashed. It's saying we're not going to believe it's a Creole crash until we see 100 planes crash to the exactly same point in the exact the same way in a standardized form otherwise you can call it coincidental <laughs> the planes are crashing gentlemen and each plane is crashing a bit differently but here uh, now i have the measures they look irrespective of where that plane crashes in the forest and what kind of diagnostic label you're going to put to it when it gets there here's the common pathway to get there and they're all showing getting stuck in that pathway but the same way across all these vaccines in the same way polio did it now uh, is that good enough for you no, and by analogy, how this works out is the way the scientific method works, and they want to see the same consistent result for everybody, which you're not going to see That in this case. They, they say, well, they don't have the tools right now to see the bear in your backyard. They'll never see the bear. The bear, in this case, in terms of physiology, is an angstrom level. We have no microscopes and live imaging to go see this. Uh, however, uh, we can now see, and this is what I've achieved. I can now measure and show you, well, there was no bear fur on your back post yesterday, but it's there this morning. Your dog was fully intact last night, but now he's half eaten. And you have bear defecation throughout your backyard. Granted, you'll never see that bear, but gentlemen, this stuff was not there the day before. you vaccinated it there now. Those are the bear tracks, and they will deny bear tracks because bear tracks do not uh, come out consistently in the same place every time, and they figure it's coincidental.
3: Out of curiosity, Dr. Moulton, do you think the... Vaccinations that they are using are loaded with uh, ionically positively charged uh, components, such as like mercury and uh, you mentioned aluminum and squalene. maybe squalene. I mean, what is squalene?
1: A squalene is an oil. <laughs> uh, this is the problem. Uh, well, but. So it's
3: back to the uh, the snake oil salesman. The Rockefellers have come at us again 100 years later.
1: Well, you know, uh, this is how they messed up all the Gulf War vets because, yeah. and I say this again conclusively, and like I said, I won't say it unless I've measured it and done it. So uh, these Gulf War vets, after the vaccinations, are showing exactly the same measurable and vascular neurological damage as I see after the childhood vaccines in infants. It's the same problem. But uh, when, you, uh, when you impair blood flow in an infant or a two month old or an 18 month old or a five year old or a teenager or an adult, uh, the, the blood vessel uh, tributary systems are different for each individual and the symptoms that you'll see come out will be different across the board depending on when it happened, how often it happened, how long it lasted for and where the state of neural development is when this happens. But, uh, yes, quailene uh, is an oil that they put in there, they figure, look, uh, some people do not seroconvert to vaccinations immediately, meaning they'll create an antibody response is what they're looking for, and they're actually measuring the wrong thing here, unfortunately. So they say, well, we figured what we'll do is we'll conjugate these vaccines in this oil that kind of acts like uh, um, a depot injection, It'll sequester the foreign antigens in the body for several months to 18 months after they've actually gotten the injection. And by example, it's slowly leached out of the body. And it's like after you get your initial vaccine series, it's like being vaccinated every day or every couple of weeks for the next 18 months, which is why these Gulf War vet girls are giving birth to infants with no arms or legs 18 months after vaccination. This tells you this problem doesn't go away in two or three days. The squalene did that. And the aluminum is used as an accelerant for the non specific immune response now if you 're listening to me carefully, it was never polio the virus or the antibodies to the polio that caused our paralysis and damage and respiratory failure in the pre vaccine era. It was the non specific immune response because it 's clogging off and lowering zeta and lowering the electrical charge and clogging off the blood vessels in these small end territories that was causing ischemia. These were strokes that 's why you had a paralysis that 's why you lost breathing. Uh, so we, what we've done with aluminum, not only is it causing an electrical problem by dropping the net negative charge, uh, you say ionic, I'm not saying ionic, it's, electric, it's electrical, it's electrostatic, it's a different thing entirely. Because uh, if I don't use the right words here, every, every snake oil salesman his brothers and start telling people ionized water. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, this is the problem. The knowledge I have has to come out in a series of steps to facilitate understanding, not only for the average layperson out there, because uh, we have a whole alphabet from A to Z. I can't give them L, M, N, O, P until I've gotten from A to B to C to D. Mm -hmm. So I realize the knowledge here I haven't created anything new. The knowledge was always there across all these multiple areas. There's over 17 different areas, only several of which are core clinical medicine areas to understand all these puzzle pieces that were always there to fit this puzzle together. And when I cracked the cause of autism, Mm -hmm. and I say I've cracked it, uh, so, holy smokes, you crack the cause of an unknown cause of disease, and holy smokes, it turns out it 's the same cause for many mo- other of them, all of them the same way that things were always causing the damages so now that i 've got that and understand that in order to provide the understanding to society and to science and to um, scientists and physicians and uh, healthcare practitioners and moms and dads and teenagers and grandparents, I have to educate them and uh, They're all stuck in this randomized, placebo-controlled, double-blind trial. Well, those trials got them into this mess to begin with, because that science obviously was a lie, and they did not know how their science was wrong. But the scientific method is only a man-made, statistical, probabilistic, mathematical model based on chance and coincidence that can just as soon create truth as it can lie- Truth as it can be used, the method to sell you something it wants to sell you for profit, and uh, if they think they're doing the greater good, you'll get sold this bill of goods. But science and its methods today is like Latin was in the Dark Ages. Everyone would go to the Catholic Church and sit there in the pews and listen to the priests actually speak their sermons in Latin. No one spoke Latin. To figure the connection to God was going to happen that way. Well, science now is like, like Latin to 99% of the population who relies blindly on these people who wield these tools and tell us what's true or not, and it becomes so ridiculous that they use these statistical tools to go out, the scientific method, to go deny to us what's before our very eyes, and you have celebrities and parents and grandparents alike, they're, they're actually just making a mockery of our common sense and our God given rationality to decide what I see with my very eyes is not true. And that's what I've done here. I've made it so simple. You can see it for yourself with your own eyes. If they can use science tonight when you see with your own eyes, then we're all lost. And we'll never see the forest for the trees because they're creating the trees and the means by which you have to see them.
0: So you've already spelled it out there on your BrainMD site. Brain uh, me, BrainGuard. M D site. Pardon me, BrainGuard.com. Uh, we have a caller here. First, I want to announce the numbers one more time. We have uh, Dr. Andrew Molden. And also, Eileen de Oliveira on the line. Uh, the number in Pinellas County is 727-441-3000, toll-free, 866-826-1340. And uh, do we have Pat and Clearwater on the line?
7: Yes, yes. Okay. I would just it's like, like to say thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, doctor, for all your information concerning um, all these drugs and, and what they're doing. I have noticed that there are a tremendous amount of advertisement on television, concerning various drugs and especially that Gardasil, and um, I, I have heard that that Gardasil um, sterilizes the females. It, I, I tuned in late to the show, so I don't know if you have covered that.
1: Uh, no, uh, however, I will. Um, uh, so, Gardasil uh, is inducing in the body uh, in in from clinically silent to death, the same process by which Vioxx, an anti-inflammatory by Merck Frost, who makes Gardasil and MMR, was causing heart attacks and strokes, and it was pulled from the market. Um, but when you impair blood flow in vascular territories, you can set areas of the body up for disease. You can set antibodies up to go attack that tissue. And sometimes it can happen in the, in the pelvic cavities and we can create something called endometriosis. But I don't, I don't have personal he, first-hand knowledge here directly, but I have read. But again, I'll say this with my tongue in my cheek because it's not something I've directly observed or assessed myself, but I'll say what I have heard and read, that even in some countries uh, where some of these vaccinations including hepatitis series vaccines are given to two girls, The girls are coming back testing positive for antibodies against human chorionic gonadotropin. And when those antibodies are there, that means if you do get pregnant, you will abort immediately because you won't be able to implant the the, uh, the, uh, um, the, uh, the cells of the newborn fetus, if you will, conceptus into the actual uh, lining of the the uterus, and that can happen. However, more profoundly... um, what is happening here this sludging of the human blood and immune hyperstimulation is blocking in blood vessels in an immediate and delayed waxing and waning out of the form across the board here and we're all being harmed whether we get a diagnosis or not or whether we have paralysis or not a clouded thinking we are all being dumbed down as a nation and a society across the board because you may not have autism learning disabilities ADHD post concussion syndrome whatever else you want to call it you are actually losing the capacity of using tissue and cells in your body to function the way they're supposed to, and it'll drop your IQ in ways you do not perceive, it will make you not be able to do certain functions, and it will actually cause damage and impaired functioning of our tissue. But um, this is the problem of applying solutions to a problem, without not knowing what the problem is. And this whole Gardasil uh, vaccine, uh, I swear, it's like they should call, they should call it gourd asylum because someone's out of their gourd and silly to be giving this to us. And now they have coming out there like any direct consumer marketing. You'll never hear Dr. Molden's information or my other colleagues around the world. We get decimated by the very uh, people out there who are selling this stuff to us for profit, who have all the money, who get to direct to consumer advertising. Uh, we have become a society that's been slushed down and we truly believe that we see a person uh who puts axe body spray on uh is gonna get surrounded by a bunch of beautiful women. <laughs> but those same advertising slick tricks are actually used to sell us powerful psychotropic drugs on commercialization in T V and, and we go to our doctor and say, Doctor, I house on T V well how they finish this sort of like little sales pitch job that the pharmaceutical companies do is they have a bunch of MBA, Donald Trump trained, apprentice wannabe uh individuals running out there going office to office with doctors I uh, have these Pamela Anderson-looking piece suit businesswoman walking in with pretty graphs and free drug samples. So the the person came in and saw the TV commercial They asked the doctor, well, I heard this on TV, and the doctor said, well, I got free samples, and there you go, you've created the cartel. But the doctors have become victims of the same direct-to-consumer slick advertising that the rest of us have. And we've become a society that's so ingrained in this that you have 51% of the American population on a prescription drug at any given time. Last year, there's over 700,000 deaths in the United States alone from properly prescribed medication. The scientific studies have been done as published in the journal American Medical Association. Properly prescribed Western-based pharmaceuticals are the number one cause of death. They had a heart attack, stroke, and HIV. Uh, what are we doing wrong? And now they're passing laws and legislation to go out there and say, well, excuse me, um, we want to ban uh, supplements and ban uh, um, vitamins and minerals and, uh, because they're unsafe. Well, I've never heard of a person who died of a vitamin or mineral, but uh, let's go out there and deal with the problem of what your drugs are doing, everyone, because obviously you're not dealing with the cause of the disease because you're making so much mess with there. But no one wants to hear it. You know, no one asks and says, look, in China, they publicly executed their food and drug safety advisor for receiving $800,000 in bribes uh, um, from pharmacy to approve drugs that kill people. Here we promote them. Uh, you have your senators, the United States, outnumbered two to one by pharmaceutical lobbyists who spend millions of dollars each year to go get their point across. You have senators, the United States Senate, actually making votes on bills that come through Senate. We say, look, here we think it's a good idea. We should have a bill or uh, some bill that says if a doctor or a scientist has received money in uh, in his, in his in his work uh, from pharmacy to do a job, they should not be sitting on safety committees to say this drug or that drug or that vaccine is safe. It sounds like a great bill to have, but you need to go and go happen the senators vote that bill down, saying you're infringing on those people's constitutional rights, but you find out which senators consistently vote this stuff down. They received half a million dollars of pre-campaign contributions from pharmacy. But no one's corrupt here, and no one, um, no one has any ill intent as society as a whole. But when you have thousands of individual checks and balance nodes in any system, whether it's societal, governmental, or otherwise, and every individual is going to bend the rules just a bit, good for me, you know, uh, I'll just bend the corners a bit here because uh, it advanced my career or I'm doing a favor for this person who's been whining and dining me for the last month. Everyone can do that and not see what they have done by, um, by uh, corrupting, if you will, or bending the rules in their own position as a public servant to society. They don't see they go home and sleep at night. They didn't do anything wrong. When you have thousands of people in government office or political office uh, doing these things, then all of a sudden you create this amorphous black hole mass that no one takes accountability or responsibility to, and we're all being harmed for it, and we're scratching our heads saying, Why is this happening? Well, it's, it's called basically uh, nepotism in one area. It's called lack of knowledge for another. It's called arrogance on another, and it's called a commercialized society that really has lost its way and lost its, uh, its guidance from where we truly came from, and we forgot that we're here for each other. And it's not about being better than your fellow man, it's about helping your fellow man become better. And we've traded that fellow man and we've traded our belief in God uh, into uh, some greenback uh, uh, capitalistic model that we're all here for each other and hell our fellow man. And that's the problem. So uh, uh, we can get argue about it, we can say it's all conspiratorial and do whatever you want. The bottom line is we're doing this to ourselves because we've lost our way. And the only way out of this is to find a way back for working for each other and realizing that the path to human health and wellness it's not putting foreign things in the human body, it's understanding the cause of disease, and the, by, all, by all means it's a matter of not going out there and suppressing alternative natural health healing arts, whether it's chiropractic, eclectic, her, herbology, traditional Chinese medicine, um, osteopathic. These are all the alternative medical practitioners who compete directly with the American Medical Association and medically trained doctors, because they do not prescribe drugs. But even the American Medical Association was successfully charged Under the Sherman Act for racketeering, for going out there and single handedly trying to destroy its competition in the chiropractic field. They lost. But they're still doing these various things these days, and they have their own quack busting group. Go out there, if you try to do anything that's actually trying to be helpful to your fellow man, well, they see you're stepping in our toes, that's our area. You end up on a quack list, and society has no idea where to get their information from. We get it uh, uh, only from the news, when so the news media gets all their fund- funding from uh, the, uh, these large corporations. Monsanto controls even the foods that we're getting now. It's also contributing to the problem. Uh, we have it in Canada our food and drug safety advisor there for 40 years, not proving these various things. They get fired and gag ordered not to speak. Uh, and physicians who stand up for it and actually publish in peer-reviewed journals and then get it in there, uh, the pharmaceutical companies threaten the hospital say, retract this article or we're pulling our funds to your hospital. And then uh, then they passed their own decision saying in 2004, the Vaccine Safety Review Board by the Institute of Medicine, well, they came out and said within a couple of days, all these vaccines are safe. They're not causing autism. Stop funding any university. I have my colleagues who are trained scientists who've got two-three hundred publications in peer-reviewed journals, they lose their jobs because they lose their funding, and the hospitals and the universities want to maintain the support they have from the chairs and endowments they receive from the pharmaceutical company. This is a big problem. But this is not pharmacy's problem. This is not uh, the physician's problem. This is society's problem for allowing this to happen. Unless we stand up and stand together and stand strong, nothing's going to change. So. My perspective is, uh, I realize what the problem is. Uh, I can't stop it alone. My work is before the federal courts. The courts are not interested in truth. They're interested in sort of like uh, we're lawyers. You know, it doesn't matter uh, whether you kill that person or not. You have to prove it. It's a tough sell. And even that's going to drag on. But the bottom line is uh, they're causing more damage on a global daily basis across this planet with 43 million vaccines given daily around the world than we'll ever be able to catch up. So it's triage. So why do you have to in the courts?
7: Have you ever been on the Oprah show?
1: Uh, nope.
7: <laughs> you really, really should. I mean, the information you have, you really need to be in a public forum uh, that, so you can get the information out. We, I, I really appreciate um, these voices crying in the wilderness that wake up and, and, and see what's going on. And I applaud you and, and thank you so very, very much. And please keep your work up. And um, you really should send something.
1: No, I do. To... Well, you, you can go out there and look at You can Google Oprah and Dr. Molden's name about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, after Jenny McCarthy came off that show talking about autism. I, I sent them off, uh, I made it public. It's still sitting there. I said, please, I have the answer to this. This two years ago. <laughs> it's still sitting there. And people were, this is the problem is that the society now relies on the internet for its information and everyone out there has their own ideas and they can destroy the credibility of the the voice in the wind, if you will, if it is truthful, and you can make it look like a quack. Yes. See how fast I speak? Well, they call that bipolar. You can't speak that quick. You're (laughs) too enthusiastic. Well, I can speak slowly, but as you can see, I have so much information to give and not the medium to go out there and give it to all the physicians who have a turnstile medical approach to medicine. They're actually seeing 20 patients a day. They give you five minutes. I can't divest 20 years of academia and understanding across 17 areas of, of medical science in five minutes to make these people understand why what they think is true is wrong. Yeah. So right. where do you start? <laughs> but, why
3: don't we um, that? You use those big $5 words.
1: Well, I can use them as a one-cent word, but it just takes longer to say it. No one has the time.
3: Not for the, the one who takes it.
0: dictation, perhaps. But
7: <laughs> well, <laughs> keep doing your work. It is greatly appreciated. Thank you. Hopefully, we'll be, we will wake up and um, good will come out of it.
1: Uh, I, I believe. Uh, I believe the truth always leads to... Good and unfortunately, uh, as um, people much better than I and have said in the past, is that when evil men plot, good men come together to stop it. Hmm. And women,
0: and those who remain silent speak volumes about their silence. Such as Oprah, I mean, things like uh, the the issues that she could really lend power to. So. Uh, <laughs>
7: deal with very heavy issues and then i think she's gotten tired and in her later years she has a lot of fluff on the show and it's rare that she really deals with hard-hitting issues anymore well, well
1: everybody you know uh, and uh... The, the, give everybody credit where credit's due there's everyone's under pressure here nobody wants to be responsible if you co- if you come out there and there's a fire in the theater and you scream fire. Well, that's not very nice to do if there's no exits out of that theater and everyone's going to get burned anyway. Uh, so Oprah or other people like that are under the the, uh, the idea, uh, understanding, their wrong understanding, that if we get off these darn vaccines, then uh, there's going to be these big outbreaks, people are going to die like crazy, all these infectious diseases are going to come. Right. Uh, and, and so nobody wants to take responsibility for that. But when you can shine light to where the true problem is here, then we have answers. And by analogy here, when the space shuttle went up to outer space and it blew up on re-entry, the entire space program shut down for two years so to figure what was going on, even though we had the capacity to go to space, the knowledge I now have to share. You can see for yourself, it's on the BrainguardMD.com site. Look. These people, these children, these adults and teens alike are all burning up in re entry. That means we stop this program, whether it's going to cause problems or otherwise, because we're causing the greater damage here. And now we can see it. And people like Oprah can appreciate that, and that's their way out. But um, they have to work within the same system that we all do, which is why everyone's got this kind of like silent hush about them. People, uh, Jenny McCarthy will say, let's green these vaccines. You can't green poison. You can't make your tequila for an infant uh, green unless it's St. Patty's Day. You just can't do it. It's still poisonous for them. And uh, knowing what the problem is, they're all trying to sit on the fence here. But uh, I would be sitting on the fence, too. But I have the science now and the understanding to share with the world, to see for yourself. I can say, look, look at your hand. It's not burned. All right, put it on that hot stove element, vaccine, bring it back, and look at it. And they say it's normal. But no, look at this way. Oh my gosh, it's burned. That's right. We just caused brain damage in the process that did it, happened throughout your whole body, and it's happening after each vaccine in an additive way. And that's the reason why all these diseases are coming out and disorders. And well,
7: perhaps this is a deliberate attempt to get the population under control, manageable, and to eliminate the majority of the population. <laughs>
1: Uh, um, well, I would no comment that uh, uh, Alex Jones uh, yes. has a pretty good uh, beat on that point. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Alex uh, Alex Jones does have a lot of research on that, and I I know it's something that's a little bit of uh, difficult, but uh, you know, to to comment on, especially when um, you're just offering the diagnostic tools to show before and after what these other denouncers would never do is is to take measurements before these uh, these vaccinations are administered. And uh, even though it would be considered, I think, wouldn't it be considered a, an unethical experiment in order uh, to deter, to um, vaccinate somebody just for the express purpose of testing them. But what I guess you've done is you've gone back, Dr. Molden, and and checked out their before and after pictures or uh, other measurements.
1: They, they they did the experiment for us, I'm afraid, and uh, we just uh, we've just brought to light what they didn't, uh, what they weren't seeing. And I said this the other night on Coast to Coast as well. This past uh, January, I was in uh, Fairfax, Washington, uh, as the expert for a family that was separating from each other. They hadn't vaccinated their daughter. The mother did not want to vaccinate, but the father in the separation wanted to. So he got Dr. Neil Halsey, the past president of the American Pediatric Association. And Dr. Halsey is the Bloomberg School of Public Health uh, uh, Vaccine Safety Expert at uh, Johns Hopkins University. For the last 20 years, he's been saying these things are safe, but you in like this story. And uh, because this tells you the profundity of it all, is that Dr. Halsey came out there and gave a spiel, this is why vaccines are safe, the child needs this, 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 this vaccine. And I gave the judge, who has five grandchildren, well, here's my evidence. <laughs> you, can, you can say them safe if you want, but uh, they've never looked at this before. But look, these are, all, these are all strokes for all these children, and this child here will not be any different for all the other ones. And uh, in that case, when Dr. Halsey was up in the stand, I asked the, lo- the lawyer for the mother's side, so we want to ask Dr. Halsey, the CDC, and FDA, and uh, public health department, and president of the APA, um, you want to ask me if you ever measured these features of neurological damage before vaccination, and bring the kids back the next day to see if they cause any damage? Because that's where the money is. You have to say no. So that's why they can say they're safe because they never knew what to measure. But the ironic part here is because these vaccines cause silent damages which add up, which can have a whole range. Which is why I see autism. Uh, and, and from very subtle features to very profound features, none of them are exactly different. They're all in vascular territories that are being damaged and the, the, the duration, the timing and development, how long did it lasts for, how many times it happened, the state of the immune system, the state of the blood, uh, electrical stability, all conspire to create these problems. But when I had Dr. Halsey there, it was my first time to see this person alive. I know it, as a president of the American Pediatric Association, he's been a good uh, physician. He must have received all his vaccines, so, of course, I took the chance to put my cameras on him, take some snapshots and other video of him. Well, I had pictures of Dr. Halsey going back 20 years ago from the Internet, and I ran through my imaging, my guard MD imaging, and sure enough, guess what? Dr. Halsey has been brain damaged the same way all these other people have been brain damaged because he has the same signs of the neurological damage that were not there earlier in years that are there now, and he's bucking towards becoming demented that he keeps getting the vaccines like he's peddling for the rest of us because he doesn't know for himself. We doesn't know but before the very eyes. If he just looks in the mirror, I could show him they're not interested.
0: Wow, and, uh, and Pat, do you have any other questions?
7: No, I just want to say thank you very, very much for the time. Thank you for taking my call, and keep doing what you're doing. Keep, keep giving the information out.
1: That's all we can do right now, and beyond that, uh, we will try to stop it through the courts. That will take its own toll, but at the same time as well, uh, uh, it's moved. I've got to help, and that's why I came down to Florida. That's why I'm at Bright Steps and Therapies for Kids. We're going to start helping. And uh, people can call us quacks and think we're this or that. The other thing, the bottom line is the results will tell a story here. And uh, when you know what you're looking at, you know where the bullseye is. Let's hit the bullseye and stop throwing watermelons at these ports These children are not ports They're human beings, and so is everyone else. And,
7: well, thank uh, you very much. Good night. Thanks for your call,
0: Pat. Take care. Okay. And and these doctors who keep peddling these vaccinations on us, uh, I don't they, – they need to give us informed consent, and especially the public. Uh, the celebrity doctors, Doctor Dean Adele, who I despise—I uh, believe he's a podiatrist—and and, and um, Sanjay Gupta, just all the pap that he puts out there—they're all always speaking uh, anti-alternative medicine, and uh, and it really disturbs me the kinds of things they say. And and I've—I remember even I—I need to go back to the Gardasil vaccinations. I remember when they came out, uh, when Gardasil was being promoted on a local. Uh, talk show uh, on a local radio station that that uh, it mainly has talk shows, and I was hearing the news department just promoting the heck out of this Gardasil vaccination. I call up one of the talk shows who, for some reason, uh, also felt it uh, to t- felt it important to take it upon himself to promote Gardasil. And when I started to let him know about some of the things that Alex Jones had, uh, I had learned through him that uh, he had led me, pointed me in, you know, through his website, through uh, the Vaccine Information Click. Awareness Network and uh, some other sites. and. And was able to find out that uh, the Gardasil was causing all these side effects and the rashes, uh, hemorrhaging, and and uh, blindness and paralysis. And uh, when I called up to the talk show, he asked me if I had any daughters, and I said no. I was about to tell him though that uh, I have nieces, and he at first hung up on me because uh, I was just about to to say that I have nieces, and uh, then he says, "This is just a nut job who calls every week," which is not true. I only call every other week, but. <laughs> And this, this it's just amazing how they they show their true colors by their they're cutting the conversation cutting off the collars when they're giving all this valid information and, and amazingly they think they can discredit people by asking whether they have any any daughters and and now each this guard being pushed on young men also and uh, well babies infants what? and and the government even. Yeah, they're they're suggesting the HPV uh, Gardasil vaccine is is gonna is good for boys because they might contract it somehow. You know, uh, you know, might, infants they they'll they'll be might st-
1: develop a uterus. You know, the Gardasil will be 100 percent effective for boys. They'll never get cervical cancer because they never had a uterus. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, that's
3: I'm, <laughs> they could also be more susceptible to damage
1: uh, with uh, with. Uh, Due respect for uh, Alex Jones. uh, When people get to the point like that, and they're very, very out there, they're they are shining truth as a a shining beacon of light to society as a whole. Uh, You can attract a lot of moths as well as a lot of people generally seeking truth and uh, people like himself and others who try to do that work and wake up society. And they truly have to wake up here is that uh, they become under attack by one way or another and it becomes very it becomes very efficient of how much time you spend here or there because the more you provide information here we're saving lives now and we're trying to extract a bunch of people who have become blind sheep that are being led astray on multiple fronts in society that don't realize that there is uh... people out there who do have diabolical plans because they want to profit off of them from one way or another and society is not aware of that so we have to do the best and be as efficient as we can to provide as much information as we can, and everything becomes down to, rather than being a regular laid-back guy or woman who just wants to, be, to engage in some social interaction with people, uh, we have to be efficient, and every minute counts, and every conversation counts, and uh, every five people you touch, you can save a life. And that's how desperate it has become, uh, because uh, the... Uh, the, the end game truly is coming here, and this mass vaccination plan they have for the fall truly is a piece of that end game program. This is very, very bad. And it's kind of like Noah's Ark, and the flood, it's raining, and the flood is coming, and uh, uh, no one's listening. So it would be too late once they're all underwater, and that's what's happening.
3: Dr. Molden, uh, actually, on that note, I one thought that occurred to me, one maybe one of the things we could do for people who are considering even the thought of. Uh, getting the Gardasil is ask, ask everybody, you know what, just read the disclaimer that comes in the box. Read it. It says it doesn't, in, it's not intended to prevent or cure any, any uh, form of uh, HPV. Read the stupid thing. And even
0: if you have HPV, it says that if you, uh, well, it only protects it against, I think, four out of the hundred odd varieties. And then if you already have it, then you're going to increase your chances for cervical cancer if you
3: get the vaccination after you already have it. But the the question I was going to ask, actually, since we are kind of limited with time here is for the sake of the the listeners out there, can you go over how, what is the process they use to make a vaccine? Because I've heard varying descriptions of how they go about doing it. Do you know that process? I,
1: I do actually, but the society understanding that process and whether they're using uh, um, fetal cells or um, monkey cells or pig cells or other cell to weaken down things, the bugs or germs and the antigens, this is not the problem. Uh, they need to. Society needs to understand that all these vaccines have done taken crazy diseases that we didn't really understand how they were causing disease. I'll use polio as an example. Polio was causing also known as respiratory failure bleeding in the back of the eye surprisingly it was causing the same silent uh, damages to the brain by impaired blood flow that I see now after all vaccinations so we never got rid of polio because it was never polio causing these, these, these damages it was the body's response in the electrostatic charge of blood flow as well as the immune hyperstimulation in the hypersensitive states and repeat vaccinations induces these states that was causing the damages because I now see, there's no more, we don't see full-body paralysis that we saw from polio uh, virus, but we see the same neurological damages to the brain that polio virus was doing that no one measured back then, even, it's the same thing. We took forest fires for 1% of the population, because 99% of us who re- saw polio, our body's immune system worked quite well, and we eradicated the problem. 1% of the population was having paralysis and these serious problems, so our solution for that was let's go make vaccines and give it to 99% of the population. Or 100% of the population and get rid of it that way. Well, they should, the question to answer back then, the true question to answer, they should have asked themselves, why is 1% of the people uh, having these ad- severe adversities rather than, hey, let's go give something to give to 99% of the people who are going to be healthy from it. And that's because they didn't understand what the problem was. So, irrespective of how these are made, um, whether it's pharmaceuticals or vaccines, which is a, which is a witch's brew. Um, the problem is all these foreign things, collectively, repetitively put in the human body, whether it's by wild viral exposure or by in- direct injection by, uh, by immunization, is inducing the same common mechanism of damages that exists on a continuum of magnitude and severity. It's the same thing that caused polio paralysis, same way smallpox killed 20 million people. Same. It's the same. Sorry, it's the same way Spanish flu killed 20 million people. It's the same way um, smallpox uh, caused big lesions on the skin. That's ischemia, impaired blood flow, and those damages are still there. We've just weakened it down, put it in a needle, sold it for profit, injected it in all of us. So congratulations, we got rid of smallpox, polio. You can ask these experts who say we eradicated smallpox. How is smallpox killing you? They don't know. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the answer here, because the solution and cures and preventions come from the cause. And I'm telling you what the cause is, but uh, it's going it to take time for them to accept it, because uh, by analogy, Gregor Mendel, who was a Gregorian monk, described 300 years prior to uh, Francis uh, Crick and Watson's discovery of the double helical strand DNA. It was published 300 years ago, The Laws of Genetics, but uh, uh, the, the answers can sometimes take that long to come out. But the answers have been here. The ones I found the cause of this problem here have been around with us for over 100 years. And various pieces, put I just put it together, and now here it is. And here's how I can measure it for you all. And I'll pass that before they can wake up and say, "Oh, Dr. Molden has Band-Aid solutions for us." And my Band-Aids don't make sense until they get off their backsides and realize that they we're all bleeding. But for them to admit that we're all bleeding, unfortunately, they have to admit the responsibility for causing us all the hemorrhage and that's the problem. So, uh, uh, so while they're scratching their heads, and I put my work out there, and it's going to be published paper to paper uh, in Spectrum Publications, Publications magazine in December, biomedical issue, at, I think it's SpectrumPublications.com, is their website. I'll start giving the evidence here, not for the 1% of the world who understands scientific methods, for the 99% of us out there who understands common sense and our God-given tools of uh, looking and seeing for ourselves, because if you can see it, understand it yourself with your own eyes, no statistical, probabilistical, mathematical, scientific expert model or doctor with a white coat on or degree in the wall is going to convince you what you see through your own eyes is untrue. And that's where I have to put my evidence, and that's where it's going to go. And from there, we'll move forward because you won't be lied to anymore. Because otherwise, being lied to is being de- denying the veracity of your own understanding and your own two eyes.
3: But if they're lying to you, and it's a nice, it's presented in a nice soft voice or a nice soft way, and it's so gentle, how? this nice shot can cure you instead of actually going out and figuring out what's wrong like you said well maybe people would listen if it was just told to them in a nice nah we can't do that
0: something wholesome something nurturing well yeah. you know you have to take care of your children and give them the what the government recommends the 48 doses of 14 vaccines uh, by age six and then uh by age 18 an additional 67 doses of 16 vaccines so we're being all shot up and and we're the experiment but i think that wouldn't you say dr molden that we're being mutated on a global or national level international even
1: uh, uh, society is mutated. It's so capitalistic. But uh, what has happened here is that they, at one point, had some success uh, and they mitigated some serious adversities, uh, not by directly the cause of the problem, but vaccination, a few of them at one point, um, did seem to be eradicating symptoms that they saw that were causing very serious illness. But the pharmaceutical industry in seeing this and seeing it was financially lucrative and profitable, there were kind of a, bunch of a bunch of spoiled children who had only three cookies in the cookie jar. They should have stopped at three, but there were no cookies left. And they wanted to have more cookies because they, they got a taste in it and their appetite, and they liked it. So they we went out there and made 100 more vaccines, and they go out there and change the laws to sell more because it makes more money when we don't need them. They're not dealing at all with the cost, the problem. So you have, uh, you have $10 billion different foreign things on planet Earth that can possibly cause an immunological reaction to you. Do you think the solution here is to go get this, a vaccine for all of them? When I can now show you that all these things they're vaccinating for, they say vaccine-preventable diseases, all these vaccines are actually inducing the same damages in the body by impaired blood flow the same way they were before they put in the vaccine. So that's not the solution. So uh, uh, they're selling society and parents and fear-mongering them, telling them if you don't do that, you're a bad parent, you're a child abuser, uh, you will take your child from you, uh, we will, will put you in court, and parents are being forced to be brought before the court and actually being threatened with jail time for not vaccinating their children from a medical model that's sick, it's blind, does not know what it does not know from a bunch of spoiled children who actually got a taste for uh, chocolate chip cookies and now decided to make more for them without realizing, you know, it. No, we don't need to eat chocolate chip cookies. We need to drink the proper water with the proper charge and the proper nutrition and proper rest and proper oxygenation and proper lean muscle mass. Uh, it's called the Maximized Living Chiropractic Medical Model. And this medical system needs to go look at it, but they're not going to look at it because you can't find a person who's profiting off causing a problem, uh, who thinks they're doing the greater good to go look and take responsibility for what they've done. So I can't make it happen, so I'm just going to stick around down here and start helping everyone we can. And uh, ideally, the system will wake up in time and we keep talking like we are because we have truth, and they cannot deny it.
0: End on the waiting moments here, Uh, that's the spirit. I just wanted to uh, get to to Eileen's uh, background here uh, and on on your foundation. But um, what would you say quickly, Dr. Molden, to whenever a a parent might say that I want your child to be vaccinated because otherwise they'll infect me and my child? When, in fact, isn't it true that those who are vaccinated are historically more likely to spread the disease for which they're vaccinated after they become symptomatic or even if
1: they're not? Uh, Their outbreak that they tell you about, and they, you see, they'll the, the scare you with news. You don't hear uh, you don't hear all the adversities. You don't hear a couple thousand families who've successfully sued for brain damages from these darn vaccines, or them paying out $1.3 billion for this. You hear a news, there was an outbreak of 13 people who had measles over in California, and people, oh my gosh, you have to vaccinate. They don't tell you uh, two-thirds of those people who had a measles outbreak were properly vaccinated children. Their vaccines don't do the job. They're not working properly. And beyond that, um, uh, sure enough. So we can say to people that uh, the vaccine is needed or not needed, and uh, they'll scare them saying you're going to cause damage to children by not doing But if people who are being vaccinated uh, are, are at risk because of unvaccinated people, well, aren't they saying again that their vaccine is not working? Because if people have been vaccinated, they shouldn't be sick from someone who, gets, who didn't get vaccinated. Does that make sense to you? It makes no. sense to me.
3: Unless the purpose of the vaccine is not to cure, but to spread.
1: <laughs> I oh. can't say that. I have to stick with you, the problem here. The problem uh, is, but I can't figure doing this.
3: <laughs> yes, and, and when a
0: doctor does not draw the line be it a celebrity doctor your own medical doctor he doesn't have a line in the sand as to uh giving you your proper informed consent and and uh saying you know giving you uh, all the information then uh, perhaps we should consider that he's uh, a sellout. So that's what uh, I would have to say. I don't
1: think they're say. sellouts. I just think they don't know what they don't know. And we all have to rely upon somebody but you know what we bring our cars to mechanics because mechanics have specialized knowledge to how to fix our car but uh... we've turned the whole medical system into a bunch of mechanics and one guy's in charge of the brain, the other one's the heart, the one's the bone, the one's the liver, the bowel, the blood, the immune system, they're all specialists and none of them talk to each other and they also give drugs for their particular symptoms to their organ but we're, ladies and gentlemen this vehicle is a car and someone's got to do with the whole thing, put it together and mankind did not put this thing together and a bunch of fractionated up to individual parts can't go fix the steering wheel with a flat tire and go make the car work properly. This is what they're doing. So they don't know. They don't know. And the experts, celebrities or otherwise who are out there on TV land uh, have to uh, work within a system that says you can or cannot say that. I don't work for any of them. I don't want any of their money. I don't need their blood money. I would rather go to death penniless than to take part in this nightmare because the science speaks and screams from the truth we are causing the greatest harm to mankind in the history of mankind in the name of profit arrogance and uh, science even so unless people wake up and go look for themselves they'll keep being sold this uh, model it's caveat emptor buyer beware it's hypoxia, lack of oxygen. Obviously, providing oxygen under pressure is one of the solutions. But there's other things I'm now going to do, and I'm going to start helping these people. And I'll go keep publishing. But interim, uh, they're going to keep, keep getting harmed, getting sick. They keep going back to the doctors because the drugs that they're being given, some of them are causing the same damages as vaccines.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, well, Doctor Andrew Malden, we appreciate that great message, and uh, hopefully, we can have you back in the very new f- near future. Uh, <coughs> And, uh, and uh, Eileen De Oliveira uh, is the founder and executive director again of Bright Steps Forward. Uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, I just want to remind people that uh, they can get in touch with Dr. Molden at Bright Steps Forward uh, by calling eight seven seven. Now I can eight seven seven six six nine four two two six. Uh, They can go to his website, BrainguardMD.com, and they can also email him at drmolden at brightstepsforward.org. Also, he has some amazing videos that people uh, can uh, purchase off of his website. He has the Tolerance Lost um, video set, and he now has the Tolerance Found uh, video set, which is amazing, and anyone who wants to hear more about what he has to say and in in-depth, it's a six-hour, uh, The Tolerance Lost is a six-hour DVD set, um, and also he is coming out with a special chiropractic, uh, validating the chiropractic medical model that uh, people will be able to uh, hear from him about uh, the Maximized Living Chiropractors that he spoke about, And anyone who thinks they have a child that's been vaccine injured or has been injured by uh, any uh, neurological disorder, they're welcome to call us at 877-NOW-I-CAN for more information about hyperbaric oxygen and intensive pediatric therapy.
0: Well, I appreciate you both joining us, and uh, we'd love to talk. To, uh, I'd love to talk to you for much longer on this subject, as there's just so many avenues. So, uh, hopefully, we can have you back again. And uh, thank you, Dr. Andrew Molden, and Eileen Dale Oliviera.
1: Thank you very much. And if uh, Alex thank Jones ever hangs up on you again, uh, you keep plugging away uh, He's doing a great job, and so are you. All right, God bless.
0: Well, thank you very much. Have a good night. And uh, I would just like to uh, spend the last uh, few moments here uh, giving my little uh, testimonial of uh, an oxygen therapy that my father benefited from. He cured his cancer that was on his head and his shoulder back in 1996 when he was just pouring ozone over his head and his shoulder sitting at his desk. Went to his doctor, the doctor doctor you, didn't seem to express a great deal of interest. in You used the C word, cure. Yes, he cured cancer in his extremities with ozone, another type of oxygen therapy. But uh, that's another that's for another show. This has been Liberation Station. You've been listening to and uh, Chris Steiner. Is, I, this is Chris Steiner, your host. The website is theliberationstation.com.
2: Theliberationstation.com. And you can check out the show archives. Take great care.